As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully, and answer everybody's questions. Strava is a rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig. They also have whole bean or ground if you want the OG stuff as well. You can purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20, and when you do that, you can get it shipped quickly straight to your door. You can also try before you buy at places in and around Denver, including Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. CBD is not psychoactive, and it's been known to help long-term migraines, decrease anxiety, arthritis, IBS, and many other things as well. Again, just be sure to use that DNVR20 code to get that 20% off when you buy. And Cole gets another good righty, and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen! Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call JT Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! Save by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! <laughs> Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with two convenient locations, one in Centennial, one in Highlands Ranch. They have all of the alcohol you could ever need, ranging from thousands of varieties of beer as well as wines and liquors from around the world. You can also download their app and sign up for their loyalty program to get great prices on your alcohol. You can even order specific things to the store that you can get in and pick up if it's something really specific or rare that you're looking for and try out tastings on the weekends as well. They pretty much have you covered no matter what. Just be sure to download that app and give them a go today. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. It is Friday, and that means it's time for another episode answering the questions of the public and our listeners. Thank you once again for everyone who submitted a question. We have quite a few today. Let's just jump right in. Obviously, the one on everyone's mind in the immediate is Nikita Zadorov being benched, Kevin Connaughton being called up and playing for him. Obviously had a pretty rough game, pretty rough go of it against Anaheim the other night. AJ, where do you stand on this one? You know, I, I stand with... Oh, gosh, he played really poorly. Okay. Like, let's just be honest. He was on the ice for three goals against in eight minutes of ice time. Uh, and it wasn't like he was just an innocent bystander on all three. I think he played a role in all three. I'm not going to say all three are his fault uh, because come on, very rarely is any goal. One guy's fault, especially when you're paying a goaltender to stop pucks. Like, Things are going to get behind you. Things are going to happen. You need a goalie to come up big, right? It's giving giving up goals is often a, a team exercise. And right now, Z is kind of the fall guy for the failures that they had in the Anaheim game the other day. But Z really did play very poorly. And I think that this is kind of a culmination. I don't think this is just about Anaheim. I think this is a culmination of what's been going on for a while now. Um I have privately been very frustrated with his play over the last couple of weeks. Uh, And I know I've certainly expressed that to you and Evan 
yeah. on, a, on a number of occasions uh, that I felt like if his play does not pick up, he's going to cost them a playoff game uh, at some point. Uh, and I think this is the coaching staff just saying, hey, we're, we're you know, benching Z has worked. So they're saying, hey, take a night off. Maybe take two, but probably just one. And that's, you know, and then we'll return. He'll get back into the lineup at some point, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, dis- it's disappointing it's come to this. Uh, I don't have any strong objections to it, honestly. I don't have strong objections, but I do feel like this is a bit of a balancing act. We haven't talked about it, you and I, in a while. But every time this conversation comes up, it's, oh, the abs always bench Z. It's always Z. Part of that is because it works with Z. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, it's always more, not always. At the start of the year, there were some other benchings, including Graves. Uh, I think Cole got benched for game as well. So it's been a little bit more even, but it does seem like the heavy hand always comes towards Z. Uh, and I think some of the some of the the concepts of accountability is a little too narrow minded. Um, and and I say that just in that we look at uh, we we look at uh, Z getting benched and we say, oh well, that's accountability, you know. And how come Ryan Graves can make mistakes and not do this or that? You know, I mean, Graves had that awful turnover at the start of the third period against Anaheim and he almost played 27 minutes. Where's the accountability there, you know? And, but at the same time, like Ryan Graves makes certainly a high profile mistake, but like the one mistake versus, yeah, versus a string of them in very limited ice. And, you know, with Graves, and and other guys, this isn't just like I'm just like like picking on Graves here. This is just sort of how it goes, especially like with Eric Johnson. And it's like, oh, well, Eric Johnson's been bad for weeks, and I would say he hasn't been. Um, I would say we're actually seeing more out of Eric Johnson in the last couple of weeks than we've seen most of this season. And I I just think that the this whole concept of like accountability like we look at a guy that gets benched you know and it's like oh well held him accountable you know like why 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 don't they bench other guys but you see minute fluctuations all the time you know like eric johnson played 17 minutes against nashville for example you know like that's that's lower than what you would expect eric johnson to play you know he's had some games where he's played a ton of shifts and some games where he's played far fewer shifts. So I think that I, I just think that this this concept of accountability is is we only look at it as the guy that gets the healthy scratch. This defense has been together for a while. With Makar out, everybody needs to raise their game a little bit. And Zadorov did the exact opposite against the Ducks. Now Kevin Connaughton is is drawing back in and we'll see how it goes. I mean maybe it's a total disaster and it blows up in their face. But regardless, like it's just it is what it is. This is what coaches do. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if it works and Z comes back and plays well, then all is forgiven in hindsight, right? So 
it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's on Z to play well. Like right. it's not on the coaching staff to to play well. They're not out there. They're they're the guys who are who are tasked with putting the best team they feel on the ice that gives them the best chance to win. And talent wise, that certainly includes Zadorov. But when he's not playing well, he's an active detriment to what they do. And I think that he's been on a downslide for quite a while. Um, just personal play, I just think has been has been sliding for a bit now. And now, you know, now that he's been he's he's gotten a healthy scratch after a disaster against the Ducks, you know, hopefully this is the course correction he needs because he wasn't doing it on his own. I mean, yeah. If it works, it works real quick. Kevin Connaughton over Connor Timmins, the call up. Any surprise there to you or or No, I think that I think that the Avs are trying to establish a culture where players play in the AHL for a while. Where they have to learn to earn and that they have to be down there for a bit. And, you know, with Cout, it took him a almost two full seasons to get that call up. And I'm not saying that that's normal or that that's necessarily what they have in mind, but I think that they're looking for guys to be very comfortable at the AHL level on a day in day out basis. Uh, And coming up on a short term, you know, there's no contract issues. There's no expansion draft, anything. There's none of this with Timmons, right? Like you're not worrying about any of that. Yep. It's, it's just play. And while I've been really, well, I've, I've enjoyed Timmons quite a bit. Um, I understand why they're bringing Connaughton back. Uh, I, I mean, I'm disappointed Jacob McDonald's not in this conversation a little bit more, but because Z is the guy that's out and they've got Barbario already in the lineup, I think they're looking for more of a defensive presence. And so I think that's why Connaughton is the guy that they chose. Well, I mean, you if another forward goes down, you could consider bringing McDonald up as well. Yeah, but right. uh, I, I just McDonald, I think, is a really interesting guy that we've talked about not at all. Who I think is an NHL caliber player and a guy that I like quite a bit, um, but is in an organization right now. Like they traded for this guy, and he's been great for the Eagles, both at forward and on defense. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is there. The only dots that I'm connecting is that they want a more of a defensive guy. And certainly Kevin Connaughton has the NHL experience where he won't, you know, I say he won't get overwhelmed by the moment, but his only game this year as an Av was a complete disaster. But they also got lit up that night and everybody was a total disaster. So it's hard to blame that solely on Kevin Connaughton when, Hey, your first NHL game, and here's Connor McDavid abusing you. Like that's that's pretty harsh. So we'll see, man. I I really it doesn't bother me that much. It's fine. Yeah, it, this is this is for like a a couple of a couple of games. Like this is not a big deal. Still would have liked Timmins, but not particularly surprised that it's Connaughton. We'll put it that way. I mean, um, we always want the prospect. Let's be right. honest. You and yeah. I, you and I, and fans are always going to want the prospect. It's just not how teams operate. There isn't an NHL team out there that operates like that. It's just kind of the way things go. Um, We'll move on here. Uh, AvsWatch22 asks, even if the player did not ultimately move at the deadline, what additional trade would you have made if you were Joe Sackick, excluding Chris Kreider? Um, 
I think the the obvious one out there seems to have been something with Montreal, be it whoever you prefer, Drew and Tatar, Domi, one of those. You got Montreal? Yeah, something with Montreal is what I would say. I would say... Um... I man, I really wanted Eric Howla. <laughs> yeah, I did. I really, I really thought that, but that's like before the Jost breakout, right? Like before right. this version of Tyson Jost showed up. And again, if this is if this is real, not making that move ends up being great for them. Uh, if it's if it ends up not being real, and this is just another flash, then you know I will lament the lack of Eric again. Yeah. Well, that was really the move. I've really, the, the, it, it felt so good. It, that, that felt like the perfect fit for them. And that's okay. Like we're already talking about like Martin Cout can't stay, can't stay in the lineup right. because of a healthy, because there's too many guys. And it's like, yeah, uh, this, this just would have been like how would have taken like Belmar's job at that point where, you know, you're, you're just getting better and deeper. Yeah, I mean that's why I was kind of like go big or go home, get the top six guy. Yeah, it might I agree, well yeah. get significantly better, but um, yeah, totally. I mean that's we've had so many conversations about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe maybe you know now that we're in this position and looking at how quickly the defense is like ah, uh, you know maybe uh <clears throat> maybe a depth guy, a fifth for Nate Thompson. Yeah, the, whatever the defense version of Nate Thompson was. Yep. Um, like that third rounder for Dylan DeMello, too rich for my blood. But yeah. um, the Nate Thompson deal, but for a defenseman, totally. There you go. Um, all right, next question. <laughs> JPAR1829 asks, what are your favorite play-by-play calls in Avalanche history? He shouts out Joe Sackick's Stanley Cup goal, uh, the all-hail-kale goal. Obviously, for me, nothing but guts has to be up there. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think a little bit more on that one. Let me see. Um, Gary Thorne's call for Ray Bork is cheating, right? But That's really where it is for me. Yeah. And then uh, the the Joe Sackick-Doug Gilmore fight. Yeah. Yeah, I think you mentioned that as well. So Yeah. that's the, I love that call, uh, the Haynes Joe Sackick is- one. Haynes's call of right by wall, right by wall is pretty good as well. Yeah. Haynes, you know, Haynes, when he was on the radio, I really liked a lot of his calls. They were some good ones. Yep. So stick to the radio for the best calls, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, one more question for this first period here. Joel in Seoul asks, what point total do you see winning the central and the point totals for the, the three in the central leading right now at the end of the season? Uh, God, I have no idea. Um, you got to think abs and blues are both over a hundred at this. I'm going to say 108 points for the blues, 104 points for the abs and 98 points for the stars. I like the, the abs and blues ones stars might, I guess. 16 more points is pretty reasonable over the last. That's pretty much 500 hockey. Yeah. I just keep waiting for some kind of drop off for them. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's more like 101 points for the stars. 
with the way they get to overtimes, man, probably. Yeah, that's a great point. Let's go. Yeah, let's go with 101 for the stars. Yeah, I like those numbers. I think all three have a very good chance. Well, I think St. Louis and Colorado will certainly get over 100 points. And then I think the stars have a good chance. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think AJ and I was a little bit pessimistic as I'd put Colorado below St. Louis as well. But it's just the injuries, um, yeah. the injuries and with the way that the schedule is played out with them having to go back out on the road and like what they did last week was great. I don't expect them to do it again on this road trip. I'm I have already braced myself for the possibility of an, the Owen three road trip. Right. I, I, that's kind of the same way that I've looked at it as well. It's like, just get through this road trip. Maybe it throws you out of contention for really chasing St. Louis. If you're mm-hmm. the abs and then get healthy and, and deal with it from there. Right. Like once they just get to Wednesday, when next Wednesday at home yeah. and then see where you are health wise. And then that's really where the chase for the, for, for things can begin. This road trip is this road trip has all the red flags of, of, of a potential disaster. And, Every time I say that, the Avs go out and prove me wrong and do something awesome. So, you know, I'm not trying to, like, not, like, reverse jinxing it or anything. I just, they they have that possibility. Like, this, they're, they're playing, like, their best chance to win is probably tonight. Because Vancouver's been beat up. They're, their goaltending has been a problem. They're not playing very well. Both San Jose and L.A. have started to play really solid hockey. Yep. And... Those are just two places that they've always struggled to win. They're beat up. I mean, it's just, it's going to, they're going to have to grind out wins and a little bit of the perfect storm against them here, maybe. Right. And they've, they've, they've been able to grind out so many wins recently that I just, you're, you're talking about the a razor thin margin of a bunch of one goal games that you, you know, you get outplayed in a couple of them. Grinding out wins becomes really tough. So. This is going to be a really tough road trip, I think. I think you are correct, and that means it's probably time to crack a brew as these games get fired up for the Avs. So it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery as the official beer of DNVR. Be sure to check out the Breckenridge event calendar on thednvr.com as well. Trust me, there's going to be some very, very cool events coming up. I promise. Uh, and all of our events are up on there. Well, not all of them, but they will be very soon. Just be sure to RSVP when they go up as you can win prizes and usually a free Breck brew if you show up as well. So just give that a go. If you're looking for Breck brew away from one of our events, you can use their Breck beer locator online to tell you where to go to find the specific Breck brew you're looking for. Be it the Colorado core, the hot peak, the strawberry sky, or any number of other beers that they have and just give us a tweet when you do because we Mm -hmm. love our breck brew fam it's It's awesome it's awesome for us and it's awesome for them when you guys let us know that you're checking them out because of us yep everybody wins so go out there get some breck brew and enjoy it second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by davidson's beer wine and spirits with rudo and aj answering all of y'all's questions today our next question comes from gary he asks if you could have one player back from injury right now at 100 percent, and everyone else's return timetable stayed the same who would it be cadre i love the answer 
but I just cannot bring myself to not say Kale Makar. The So the reason why I don't pick Makar is because he said all the other timelines remain the same. And he's the closest, yeah. And I think he's close. I think that he's... He's the like, only one listed as day-to-day, we'll put it that way. Like, I think he's like... Uh, when when Bednar said one of the guys could join us on the trip, I think he was saying Kale McCarr could join us on the trip. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's it. Like I'm not expecting McCarr's injury to last beyond this road trip, and so that's the only reason. The only reason I am not going with Kale McCarr. Okay, I'll I'll grant you that stay. I understand why you're saying Kadri. Obviously, the faceoffs and everything else he brings. Is there a world where Burakovsky is the better choice? No. No? You don't no. think so? Even no, with the I think, struggling to put in goals lately? Yeah, I think because I think Kadri is the same caliber of goal scorer that Burakovsky has, and I think that he does – well, obviously he does – like the face-offs is great. Um, like that's like a very tiny feather in a big cap. Um, but I, I think that what he does to change up matchups against McKinnon will help McKinnon a lot. And McKinnon needs the help right now. Like he needs, he needs somebody to help him out a little bit consistently. And Kadri's that guy. Like Kadri's a, he's he was a perfect fit at the start of the year. He's a perfect fit now. You can tell. You could throw all the analytics at me and say, "Well, he's kind of underperformed a little bit this year." He's been great for them, and he changes their attitude. Um, he does. He does so many good things for them uh, that. I'm taking I'm taking Kadri solely because I think Makar will be back quickly. Because Makar obviously like he completely changes the dynamic of that defense. Yeah, I I think we're in agreement there on, on Makar. I'm just a little bit curious because you say Kadri helps McKinnon as being that two C, right? Yeah. I'm looking at Burakovsky joining that top line again and moving someone like Vlad Nemesnikov off of it. Nemesnikov's been okay on it though. That's the he thing. He's got he's got two goals in the last two games. So uh, and I think he's looked better in every game that he's played for the Avs. So I think he's getting comfortable. And obviously that opportunity is great. Um, putting pretty much anybody next to McKinnon has made them better all year. From Burakovsky to Donskoy to Nemesnikov to Rantanen to Landeskog to Matt Calvert, remember, had that hot streak when he was next. Like McKinnon, he is the rising tide that raises all boats. For sure. And with Kadri, I just think it adds that extra element of... Uh, how teams have to defend Colorado. They can't hard match McKinnon in the same way because Kadri has the the opportunity to absolutely smoke any of them. Yeah, I I don't know that I disagree. I think Kadri probably has the most impact. Again, not least because of the face-offs, the gritty side of his game, his ability mm-hmm. to be an individual breakout player. I think Kadri wow. would also really certainly help big time in the uh, late game closing of games, which they've yep. done well, but um, just makes them a little bit better there, a little bit more of a reliable faceoff guy than JT Comfer. As I'm a JT Comfer fan as well, and JT Comfer's at 48%, Kadri's at like 56% in faceoffs yeah. this year. It's it's a very big difference. Yeah, I mean it's. It's an upgrade. Straight up. It's a significant upgrade. All right. 
We've got some interesting questions today. I appreciate them quite a bit. So thank you to everyone who who went off the board a little bit. Uh, this one comes from 2968 ATL. If all the coaches in the league were to fight in a WWE style Royal Rumble, <laughs> who would win? I'm going you Betsy. You're going you're going Betsy. I I see I like this answer. It's not my answer, but Bednar would absolutely be a face in the NHL WWE. So I can yeah. see him winning from that regard. I think I think uh remember that this was this was a big defensive defenseman and you know hands and feet not great as a pro player don't need to be very good in uh in in wrestling they just need either. to be large and good for slapping they need to be they need to be large and they need to be strong and i've got i've got uh i mean have you have you seen that dude that dude is jacked like when he shows up in like cuz you know he wears the hoodie a lot but when he yeah. shows up to the pressers like he just got done working out it's like all right dude we see you like good lord man <laughs> all right we see you so Whoa. he's I think I honestly and like the intelligence to go along with with the fact that he is a beefcake. I totally man. He is. He's right there. If if Ron Hextall was still the coach, it was still coaching, though. I, I guess he was GM, but I was totally counting Ron Hextall, but he would have been my real choice. So, you know, when Bednar <laughs> rolls out in his abs colored suit. And then rips it off of himself in this <laughs> WWE world. He would get the hugest pop from the crowd ever. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like 100% so, yes, dude. <laughs> so I, I, I was going to say Barry Trotz. Not because he's good at wrestling at all. But because he's like... They pitch him as like the super intelligent wrestler that like just sticks on the outside and doesn't do anything for 90% of it. And then just throws the last guy over the ropes. Nice. Uh, but, but I like this Bednar answer way, way, way more. <laughs> so <laughs> there, like there are some, um, like Rick Tockett. Yeah. You like, could get into a, I mean, you know, Tortorella would go out there and just like beat people up, right? Yeah. Well, and and like like I think I think Paul like Paul Maurice would get smoked. Yeah, he'd be the guy. <laughs> he'd be like the first guy thrown over the road. Like his his wrestler name would be like the accountant, <laughs> and he would just get erased. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have a we gotta have Drew back on and ask him this question. Oh my gosh. I know he's about, a big wrestling guy. What about what about a guy like Jeremy Colleton who's like this like super young dude, <laughs> and he's like hanging out with all these like old like broken down guys who are like because like like just the fact that Bedner's in shape gives him an advantage on like half of the coaches in the league. Yeah, who's who's like the Undertaker? Is oh, Quinville? Is he like the guy that everyone has a ton of respect for? Ooh, you know what? I bet there would be. You know, I I imagine there would probably be a couple of guys who were just itching to take a shot at Q. Right, <laughs> just drop him. Oh, I totally forgot about Brindamore in Carolina. That dude is Jack. Oh, Rod the Bod. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
I changed my answer. Rod, <laughs> I'm going with him. He would smoke people. Just throwing two dudes over the, the ropes at a yeah. time. Like. I mean, he would, on one arm, he'd have Paul Maurice, and on the other, he'd have Jeremy Colleton. <laughs> and he'd be like, Central Division, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Um. In the comments of that tweet, there were some people saying Barube had almost 4,000 penalty minutes. So, would, you know, if it, would there be anybody that anyone like feels sorry for? Ooh. Where they're just like, you know what? Like, 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 I can't imagine like people would. Well, I guess he's not their coach anymore, but like Bruce Boudreaux. Like, nobody's yeah. going hard after that guy. Blashill in Detroit, maybe. Is that because Detroit's so bad? Or... Yes, correct. <laughs> because it's just like this guy's life is hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right. Here's another question, though. Like, is this no holds barred? Are there a bunch of hockey sticks under the ring that people can go pick up? Totally. I mean, I would imagine that there are props available, like ringside, for them to get creative and start, you know. Yeah, because as an ECHL defenseman, you know Bednar's got a really good slash. Oh, 100%. So, this is what I'm saying. Like, like Rick Tockett, like, I think he would have been, he would be a nasty one, especially you throw props in there. There would be some, like, like Claude Julian is not going to fare well in this. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you have the boogeyman as well in San Jose. Boy, that's a, that's another good one. Yeah, you know, you know who would really go out quick is John Cooper. Yeah, well, that would be like John Cooper would kind of like be like Paul Maurice, right? Like it would be like this is well. I see John Cooper like getting into the ring, looking around, and just nope, and stepping right. over the ropes and leaving. <laughs> like, right. He sees like Rick Tockett like ripping his shirt off and like <laughs> exchanging punches with Jared Bednar, and it's just like you, you know, I think I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, teeth are, like, flying out, and Bob Boogner's just, like, rolling in, like, here we go, boys! John Cooper's like, yeah, we're good. No longer an NHL coach, but uh, if he were to show up, I think everyone in the ring might uh, turn on him. Ex-coach of Toronto and Detroit. and I <laughs> Mike Babcock? Babcock, yep. Oh my gosh, dude. that That's the one where it's like, uh, where I said people might be dying to take a shot at Q. You know. <laughs> yep. Babcock would get in there and it would be like, oh, there would be some cracked knuckles. <laughs> like, some dudes would be like, yes. Yes! <laughs> the bloodlust would kick in. Yep, it would be go time for sure. <laughs> it would be awesome. All, all right. right, well, this is the greatest idea of all time. Yeah, this worked out way better than I was going <laughs> Great question, 2968ATL. Appreciate it a lot. Um, all right, let's get back to one more hockey question in this second period here. Quoteless Jones asks, what is your ideal playoff format? Uh, obviously, a lot of people calling the just do one for eight instead of this divisional matchup deal. Um, you know, I've been a fan of, I, I like the one through 16 don't care about conference, um, get the points, have a more balanced schedule. I would be all about that. I would love that. I understand travel has the potential to be a nightmare. If you have a first round matchup of, you know, Winnipeg and Tampa Bay or, 
you know, whatever, whatever the matchup might end up being that goes cross country. I understand that there's a potential problem there. I just think that one through 16, you have 16 teams, just let the best teams in. Um, it's not a huge issue in hockey where you often see uh, teams on the outside that would be in if they were just in a different conference. It happened last year when Colorado made it and Montreal did not. But it's not like a really common thing. You know, like the NBA has had the imbalance problem for like 30 years now. And they should seriously consider it. I don't think it's nearly as big a problem in, in the NHL. So I would go one through 16, but I, I think one through eight in each conference would be a much, much better. Yeah. I, I like the one through eight in each conference oh, in one, reality. One through eight in each conference and division winners get one, too. You have to reward your division winners. I just, I'm sorry, you just do. I do have one that would never happen, and, and honestly, probably one that I don't want to happen, but in my imagination, I want it because I like hockey to be played year-round and never stop. You do it GSL style. Oh, where, really? Yeah. You have 16 teams get in and then they're separated into groups of four where the top seed each gets their own group and they get to pick who they want in their group. And then that person gets to pick the next person in the group and they go around in an order. So you end up with all these groups of, of teams. So you, you end up with of, four groups of four yep. and play round robin and then the top two come out of it. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I I would do it the GSL way where it's not really round robin. It's the like... Winners, losers. Right. Uh, but yeah, sure. Call it round robin for simplicity. Um, and then, yeah, so the top two come out of each, and that gives you your top eight. Um, then do the and, same thing. Yeah. And then you have your top four, and so on and so you forth. just play your series at that point, yeah. Yep, but, and, then, then, and then it switches to a, a best of sevens. Yep. <laughs> That'd be fun. I mean, that would be, I, it'd be tremendous theater. Exactly. <laughs> because, I mean, even watching those, the, you know, the, the, the nerds at GSL pick opponents, it's like, I want that guy. Yeah, well. And you that know guy you always a, takes it personally. When you get a group of death of, like, Boston, Tampa Bay, and Washington all in the same group or something. Right. And it's like, hey, like, you picked it. Yep. You know, this is like, what there's you no, wanted. like, oh, well, this is just bad luck or bad, like, you, you made this bed, dude. Yep. So I think that would be fun if not yeah. completely unrealistic, but that would be fun. Actually. I love that idea. I think that's, that's the kind of spice the NHL could really use to get people into like, like, you know, the traditionalists who don't like anything would be like, this is a, this is a joke. You can't do this. And yeah. it's like, eh, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, this is completely pandering to a television audience. Totally. I totally understand but... that. <laughs> But at the same time, it would also be like, come on, you might hate it. You might call it pandering, but you're absolutely sitting down to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> just just for the ridiculousness factor. Well, and like they kind of tried like the mini version of this with the all-star draft and people loved it. Yeah, it was amazing until they took it away. <laughs> yeah, well, because they were like, oh, no, our players are getting drunk on air. That's not acceptable. <laughs> players don't do that. You can tie it in, actually. They already have all the GMs show up for the uh, the draft lottery. Just make it a super show with the draft lottery and the, the playoff selections. Yeah. It's 
perfect. Yep. Well, now that we've sold you on this and you know you have to go to these type of events. Man, that would, be, it, that would be something. The draft lottery. Like, yeah. tied into it where you're like, okay, they're picking. On one hand, we have all the playoff teams picking yeah, each other. Right. And on the other hand, we have all the teams who are terrible. <laughs> hoping they get one big break. And that you have the Royal Rumble to decide who wins the draft lottery. It all makes sense now. Ah, perfect. <laughs> well, I you'll have to go to these events if you're listening. So in we go. When these events inevitably come around, we'll have you covered. And we go is the monthly membership for doing things, and it's your one-stop shop for all types of events around Denver, including non-imaginary ones like the ones we're talking about on yep. this show. Have you used it yet? I have not used it yet. I was okay. not with you guys last year when when you were doing it. Okay, so we've I've actually been using. Uh, so and we go actually like came to Denver like two years ago, and. Yeah. I've been, it's been on my phone ever since I've gone to probably 50 Rockies games over the last couple of years, just using that. Um, I've gone to a number of beer tastings, beer festivals. Um, and there was the one time I went to the, to the whiskey tasting, which that got a little wild. Um, a lot of cool stuff though, like cool stuff that I did not know was going on in Denver. Uh, comedy clubs are always on there. So if you wanted to go to a stand-up uh, comedy show, it's it's there's almost always one on there, man. It's like it's actually really awesome, and I'm excited that you have it because I'm gonna start bothering you to be like, let's go do stuff. Let's go do stuff. Yeah, I mean, you gotta do it, especially. You get the first month free when you use code DNVR, which is a $45 value. So there's no excuse. You can go out there and use it for free for a month to get out to a bunch of these events. AJ's going to have to drag me out to a couple of things, I'm sure. As I've told on this podcast before, I believe, I've only ever been to one live concert. So haven't done much of that. Might have to get out there. There with are a lot of those. I'm picky about the live music I go to, though. But like a couple of years ago, I went and saw Taylor Swift through In We Go. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I because I was just like, dude, like it's here and it's free. Like, I have to do this. <laughs> And it was it was awesome. Like she put on a crazy show. It was a really entertaining time. Yeah, uh, when you have a service like this, it just makes life super easy to to get out and go to events like that. So, highly recommend it. As AJ said, Rockies games, Mammoth games, Avs games, Rapids games, pretty much all types of sporting events. They almost always have tickets to, and then concerts, things like beer tastings, other conventions. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance you can find it on Inwego. So be sure to check it out. Again, use that code DNVR. You get a month free. So why not do it? Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ answering your questions. We've had some wild ones today. We have some more wild ones coming. But first, we better slip at least one Avalanche related question in here. As Gary asks... What's the worst contracts on the abs now and ever? And if you want to go through the rest of the league as well, um, starting with the rest of the league, couple ones that stand out immediately as absolutely brutal contracts. Shea Weber's illegal contract that is going to have horrendous cap recapture implications for Nashville and Brent Seabrook in uh, Chicago are both brutal deals. Uh, 
current ones also uh, Louis Erickson's contract, Andrew yeah. Ladd's contract. Yeah. Obviously, Milan Lucic's contract. <laughs> um, all time, I'm not sure there's a worse one than Rick DiPietro's. Considering the Isles are still paying him money. Yeah. Yeah. Tough to beat that one. Um. Yeah. It was just real bad. And for a guy that was never like healthy enough to justify that kind of faith, even though he had started to, to figure it out, like when he was healthy, he was actually starting to play pretty well. Yeah. And then the health just never was there for him. And the Isles and, and Senators probably could uh, corner the market on a lot of like worst decisions of the last 25 years in the NHL for his greatest story Bobby Ryan is that contract mm. um yeah it's not ending well like like Lundquist's contract is not ending well but I think it there were enough good years in there that I don't I don't mind Bobby Ryan's deal now um I like that we just totally skipped over the abs portion of this we'll, we'll come back to it it's I, you know, like, it's funny because, like, the Brent Seabrook one, I think, is a great answer because it was bad the second it was signed. Yeah. And there are plenty of contracts that are going to age poorly, but they get a number of quality years out of those players leading up to the drop-off. And I don't mind those contracts so much. Like, it's easy to nitpick those and be like, man, that one's bad. But... I think those are fine contracts because most of the time I think teams understand what they're getting into with those, that they're going to finish poorly. And it's the, it's the Brent Seabrooks that like, dude, what were you thinking? Like, I remember that thing got signed and everybody was like, this is a bad idea. (laughs) This, this is bad. And like, Hating on contracts is like one of those things that you just do when you have yeah. social media. Yeah. And so it's it's very easy to just be like, oh, these are these are awful, right? Like Yeah. But that was one where it got signed and it was right away. It was just like No, sir. Why did you do that? <laughs> like this is this is taking your loyalty to uh, a guy who produced great things for your franchise to an unacceptable level. Yep. Um, circling back around to the Avs, maybe not when it was signed, but honestly, the Avs really don't have that many bad contracts. Maybe EJ's is the worst today. Yeah, I would say EJ's EJ's is the worst today, and we knew it was going to be like this. We knew yep. it was not going to age very well. We knew. It was at seven years. It was too. It was going to be too long at too high of a price. But you have to remember when that contract got signed, they had a very serious culture problem. Yep, and they had a problem with guys wanting to play in Colorado, and they wanted to be here. Eric Johnson wanted to be in Colorado, and he's a very good. He's a very good mentor. He's a very good leader. He's a very good all those intangibles. I I don't have any issues with anybody saying he's overpaid. Um, to be honest, he was probably overpaid a little bit then too, when it was signed, just because he was never really 
a big offensive producer. He did, you know, he could produce, he produced a little bit. He had that one half a season where it looked like well, he was yeah. really going to be able to produce. Oh but. my gosh. Where he scored like 12 goals in like what? 40 games or something like it was, yeah. it was really impressive. And that's fine. Like that's, that's definitely the worst, uh, current deal for the abs is because they i mean that's they don't really have any bad money anywhere and ej six million is not i don't know that it will ever actually uh prevent them from doing anything like that they really really want to do i don't know that it ever reaches that level of bad just because six million I mean, six. I mean, we're talking about Andre Burakovsky getting five point five this summer after one like good year. Right, like, six million just isn't what it used to be. And as the cap goes up, you know, which we, we talked about yesterday, uh, it just will continue to not be that big of a deal. Yeah, it, as a percentage of the cap, it just really doesn't feel like that much anymore. Right. It's the certainly the player uh, is not aging in a way that you love but at the end like it, it's fine like you're it's if that's the bad. worst you got the abs are doing pretty well right and i would say the worst contract uh that they've ever signed uh had nothing to do with money but was brad may yeah i definitely see why you would say that yeah um financially I- Maybe the worst move that they ever made was signing Brad Stewart before yep. he ever played a game. That's what I was going to say. Something about Brad's in this team. Yeah. Um, that one was brutal. A two-year extension after giving up assets for him. And then, yep. well, yeah, that fell apart. Just leave it at that. Yep. Um, all right. So we got our we got our hockey talk in there. Time to get a little bit weird now. Uh, George asks via Chuck Klosterman the fourth, you win a belly dancing contest and are given two options for your grand prize, a year long trip to Europe where you're provided a monthly stipend of $2,500 to pretty much meander about as you please, or you were allowed 10 minutes on the moon. I mean, I would need clarification about the Europe thing. Yeah. Because $2,500 a month isn't very much. Can I, like, decline the trip to Europe and just take the $2,500 a month? Like, if I'm if I'm not paying for lodging at all. Right. And the $2,500 is only for me to, Doing like, whatever. Yeah. take trains and eat food and, like, go to, you know, go experience stuff. That gets a lot more appealing. But if I have to pay for lodging, that $2,500 is gone. Doesn't go and far I'm, at all. And I'm yeah. probably eating like ramen. <laughs> um, regardless of of the clarification, uh, I am taking the moon. That's I don't, incredible. Ten minutes on the moon doesn't do it for me. I think that would be so incredible. I'm all about it. I, I like the view. I'm sure it would be amazing, and, and yada yada yada. But I'll take the tangible assets. <laughs> You know, I was going to say you can't take the money with you, but you can't take the memories with you either. When you're dead, you're dead. <laughs> it's true. So, 
Um, but I, I, I mean, like my, I have chosen to make my life about experiences and not about, um, not about money. And so for me, um, the moon, I've, I've been poor my entire adult life. I'm going to be poor forever. It's fine. I'm good at that. I understand it. I'm comfortable there. Give me 10 minutes on the moon. It's definitely fair. No complaints here. I would just turn that money into memories on that planet earth yeah which fair enough like if you if somebody just handed me twenty five hundred dollars a month and like on top of you know like what i make now right. and blah 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 and they were just like here just go do whatever you want with it like i could have a plenty of like, plenty of good time exactly that's where that's where i'm at with it um it's not it's not so much money it's not like i'm going crazy or anything but like you could have a really fun couple of days in vegas at that no problem uh, you get lucky maybe have a lot more money <laughs> right that's what you do with the 2500 every month is you just go take it to vegas and you you put it all on 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 I don't 17 know. or whatever yeah. yeah put pick something and you put it on it every month and then if you win awesome if you don't well you try again next month okay what it, what's it's one in 28 is that the payout for i don't play uh, i don't know so you have like 28 months to break even on this bet or something. Um, all right. Next question. This one comes from Talking Abs Puck. Rudo, AJ, Evan, Jesse, and Dario are all locked in a cage with no visible way out without key from the outside. Who has the moxie to convince the guard to let him out? And then secondly, does the person who gets out keep everyone inside the cage or do they save them uh for the moxie part of this i'm going with jesse 100 percent. yeah i would say for sure jesse <laughs> yeah definitely not you me or evan nope uh dead i would be last on that list um if i was locked in a cage i would be too busy having a panic attack and not being able to breathe um because my claustrophobia would just be like full bore like yeah i guess i'm thinking of like a small cage a small kit like a big closed space i guess if it was a big cage we just couldn't leave it i imagine it'd have to be fairly large to fit five of us <laughs> yeah like the like the 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 bear cages uh from lost that uh sawyer and kate got locked in like if it, i guess if it was that i would probably stand a chance <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't just total meltdown yeah yeah so um I like to think everyone would save everybody. I do too. I really I really don't envision any of us leaving. I mean, we all get along so well. Yeah. That there wouldn't be like I t- I tell you what. Uh, this would be very very different this question if it was like put put all of Ab's media in the cage. Yeah, well, man, that could get uh, that could get brutal. Right? Like, that That would be one where it's like, depending on who it is. <laughs> Someone's getting left behind. Somebody might get left. <laughs> All right. How about this? If you leave them behind, you get 10 minutes on the moon. Uh, I still wouldn't leave you guys behind. Not for Not for 10 minutes on the moon. I would not do that. All right. I appreciate I have, that. I personally have too great of affection for all of you individually that I would not be able to do that. 
I don't think I would leave you guys behind either. I mean, definitely not for 10 minutes on the moon. But for 10 minutes on like, the moon, I really think Jesse might. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I hope he listens to this pod and he's like, hey. <laughs> well, it's an excuse to get him to come back on and defend his honor, maybe. Uh, well, when we make our big announcement next week um, and we kind of continue this continue this transition phase that we are in as a company yep uh i am very interested in having both jesse and dario uh come back on and um as a number of people uh, among a couple of people the that i have talked to about coming on to the pod late in march and early in april um when we might need to kill some time um before the postseason gets started because you know how the postseason, like the regular season ends and then there's like five Dead days zone. off. Yeah. So, and after like day two, you're like, okay, I can't talk about this first round matchup anymore. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, as we, as we transition into this new era of DNVR uh, with our very exciting announcement that we are making uh, one week from today. Um, Aren't we announcing on Monday? The 13th. Oh, I thought we were announcing on the 9th. Like, nope. The 13th is when it was happening, I thought. Either way. Maybe. Now I'm really not sure. Um, but regardless. Um, Have we built the hype enough yet? <laughs> right. Like, the point The point is, is that when we, when we finish this transition that we're in right now uh, to whatever we have planned next, uh, I would like to get Jesse and Dario to come back on. Absolutely. And have them answer this question now. Yeah, and some I gotta store these somewhere because these were some good questions today. Yeah. And uh, and Evan should be on. Evan will be on the pod um, coming up here. I don't know if Evan knows this, but Evan will be on the pod uh, in a couple of weeks when I uh, when I leave town. Yep, for the uh, last road trip of the season. Yep, nothing new there. We we get Evan on semi regularly. Yeah, least. yeah. So. Um, all right. One final question, just to sneak a little bit more hockey in there. Robin asks, would it be absurd if Hughes and McCarr featured on a few Norris ballots? Um, given, I mean, how much more time does McCarr miss? Right. Would be a factor for me, because if he ends up with like 65 games played. It's a little low. That's tough for me. Um, I know Hughes is dealing with some injury issues right now. Yep. I don't know how serious they are. As far as I know, they, they are day to day, but I know we here in Colorado view day to day in a very different way (laughs) (laughs) because we've been conditioned to over the last several years. Yep. Uh, so if it's a real day to day, then maybe Hughes, I think could have a a good argument for a lower spot on that Norris, like a fifth place vote or something. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And that's the conversation I think I would, that, that I would probably be having is that those guys are on the back end of these ballots. They might pick up some votes here and there. Like I, if I were to get a ballot there, there's totally a chance that, uh, I sneak Quinn Hughes on the back of my ballot, um, or Kale McCart, just depending on. I mean, it's just the top three of Carlson, Yossi, and Hedman are just so, like, they're running away with the top three in my opinion. Right, and then I think you're going to just see a lot of, like, like Dougie Hamilton would have been a, he was having a phenomenal season. 
Well, and you have Petro in St. Louis as well. And I'm not giving that guy nothing. I know you aren't, but people will. I'm not giving that guy nothing. <laughs> not a yeah, dang thing. So, I you know, wouldn't surprise me if, certainly if Hughes has a few votes, maybe McCarr sneaks like one in there or something. Yeah, like I could, I, I tell you, I could see a couple of the Colorado guys throwing him a bone. You know, because we see him every day and his impact is you just see how special he is. Yeah, right. And it's just a it's just a immutable impact. Honestly, it's it's not something that there are very many guys in the league that are able to have that same kind of uh, impact on games. All right. So I like that answer. Really? That's That's all, all we got today. That's it. Just, you know, three 20-minute segments of answering questions. <laughs> you won the first one was me just stumbling around, not being able to ex- properly explain how uh, how I think accountability works for the abs. So. Well, I, the second one was us trying to figure out who's the best coach wrestler, so not much better, I don't think. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we had fun with this one. I hope y'all enjoyed it as well. Always appreciate the questions. As always, we always start off with the question asked on the DNBR.com. If you want to make sure your question gets answered, sign up for a membership. Ask your question on previous podcasts. We'll be sure to get to it. Other than that, thank you for listening. The Avs play in a couple hours here tonight. And you will hear from us again on Monday, barring something crazy happening. Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood, and they're the best damn family-owned biz- dentist in the metro, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. And just like all these other ones, give us a tweet. We'll show you some love if you show us some love. You know how it works. They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, and they take care of everybody's teeth. I think Allie is scheduled to go down there herself for a few tooth problems as well. So on the next Denver sports pod, she can give you the, the lowdown, but yeah, free Sonicare. Jeez, Why man, not Allie on blast there? What? Some, oh, I think she's got some tooth problems, so she can tell she, you all about it. Dang, she, said, man. she said it herself on this week's DSP. I, I heard I was listening. I just dang, man, you're just going out of your way to do that. What's up? With I that? mean, I beat up on the abs teeth every week, so I had to change it up a little bit. <laughs> beat up on alleys? No, right, well. Yeah, I guess. I All don't right. know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Either way, free Sonicare toothbrush when you head to Green Mountain Dental for that cleaning x-ray and exam. That's it for us. See you on the next one. D-M-D-R Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. D-M-D-R Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. Our avalanche with Hayfully and Ru-